Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out this week's episode of the One Man Podcast. It's always free and available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, and many more, as well as on the web at onemanpodcast.com. So please, whatever platform you're listening on, like and subscribe. Uh, while you're at it, give it a rating, leave a review. Why? Because it helps the podcast, and I'd really appreciate it. How about that? What about social media? Search One Man Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with what's going on there. Get a little extra content for yourself. And finally, to get in touch, please send your emails to contact at onemanpodcast.com. You send it, I read it on the podcast, that's the deal. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. What's up, everybody? This is DJ DeMers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercer. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 161 for Wednesday, June 10th, 2020. How's it going, onesies? How are you guys doing? COVID, quarantine, and so on marches on for some, for some others. It's business as usual. Guys, uh, what did I get done in the last little bit? Well, I started my taxes, huh? Huh? They were due at the beginning of the month, but I started them, and that's the way I live my life. It's late. Now it's time to get things going. Uh, so yeah, I started doing my taxes and I'll tell you about the org- <laughs> the magical world of tax preparation for someone who's self-employed working in many different businesses. Oh, you don't want to miss that. Stay tuned. Uh, I finished The Last of Us. Uh, I'll tell you all about that because that's exciting stuff. Um, what else? I started Seinfeld. That's right. Uh, a show that I never watched when it was popular. I started that and I'll tell you what I think of the old Seinfeld. Um, also I burned through, um, another season of Dragon's Den. Uh, what did it today? I watched, uh, watched a couple little docs on the thing and, uh, yeah, I got a, I got a review. I got what the first ever sourced review sort of. Yeah. I think this is the first ever sourced review, um, from a podcast listener. And that's, uh, that's what I got. So, uh, I'll, I'll jump right into that. So I, uh, where do I start here? Do I just get my tax stuff out of the way? I mean, not that it's super interesting, but I have a shit load of stuff with taxes because I do so much traveling. Right. So I gotta, I gotta track all my kilometers. I got gas stuff, not to mention all the vehicle things that I get going. Cause I bought my vehicle right last year. I got my, my brand new, uh, Honda HRV 2019 picked it up like two weeks into January. So, uh, you know, I, I basically just have a lot of vehicle expenses in that first year, right? You got to buy your, your snow tires. I had to buy all the weather tech mats for the vehicle and all the peripherals and then had a bunch of other shit done. So just trying to paint a small picture as to all the fucking receipts and organization and things like that, just because of like new car stuff. Just a bunch of organizing. Plus all my, my receipts, uh, I guess it's funny. Cause like with COVID, I've been just sitting around playing video games. Those of you who listen, no, cause I bother you with them every single week. Um, the whole nonsense of just sitting around doing nothing. And I was not really, be honest with you. I wasn't really excited about sitting around doing tax stuff. So I fucking, I put it off. I put it off and I was like, ah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I guess I got so bored of just sitting around playing games all the time. I finally decided to start my taxes. So having said that, I got I got so many different things that I got to burn through too, and, and make sure that I get into my taxes, like even stuff for this podcast, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of, I guess, electronics purchases, more, more mic stuff, cords, headphones, that kind of shit. Um, not to mention like the online stuff. So paying for the URLs and paying for the hosting and all that stuff. It's all stuff that I can write off because this is theoretically a business, um, not that it's not, you know what I mean? But, uh, I do have sponsors and little things like that, but it's, uh, it'd be nice if this was more of a business. Let me tell you, if this, if, if sitting down to do this podcast every week was like another couple hundred bucks in my pocket, you'd better believe I'd be on time. I remember that guys, my onesies who've been here since the beginning. Remember there was a time that rain or shine, you could count on this podcast being on time. I think it's just that, that, and you guys have sat with it at times where there's been fucking nothing going on with me in a week and I'll still talk for an hour. Like if I burn out of stuff to talk about, you better believe this will be a 20 minute episode. I do not, I don't care. I will get it out of my system and it'll be episode 161. It'll be one that we all don't talk about. Um, 
But yeah, so I, I spent probably a full day just sorting through my receipts. And I don't mean like, like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, we all spend a day sorting through receipts. No, no, I haven't even categorized them or quantified them or anything. I'm talking about uh, just quite literally pulling apart the months from each other just a whole day doing that. And I have to go online and print a ton of stuff. I've got, you know, Photoshop that I use for, um, what do you call it? The, the, the graphic design of all like my posters and shows and shit that I do. And I do little graphic design things for, for absolute and other stuff like that. Um, I, uh, <laughs> so, and I pay for that monthly. I pay a subscription to it so that I've always got the update rather than buying the full version of the software. And then like a year, you have to buy it again. Um, uh, yeah, I just pay monthly for the subscription and, and all sorts of other little hosting things off phonic, whatever. And all of these, like I pay for them every month and I got to print a receipt every month and, and stick it in my stack of my receipts and all that shit. So just sorting through everything was a fucking nightmare. The good news is it's all sorted. And I've even banged out a few of my spreadsheets to, to get some 2019 stuff done. So, uh, I definitely bored myself to death for a day, uh, doing that, but I still have a ton of, of stuff. And I'll be honest with you. Um, well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you guys what it is. I'm sitting here uh, June 16th, so it is it is late. I, I found myself at a point now where uh, because of the level of nothing, it's it's difficult too because I got to spread the weeks out too. Like I've got an entire sheet ready to go talking about what I just did last week, and now we're gonna sit here and pretend like I'm in a point where I'm like, okay, what was that week? Like I don't, I've lost track of what day it is all overall. I only know when it's podcast is due because I'm like, well, I don't feel like doing that today, and I don't feel like I have anything to talk about, so. Let's just put that off. So yeah, I, uh, I, I managed to, to, to spend a day or two just burning through the tax stuff and then going, okay. And now I'm back to now that I haven't really done a lot since. So I managed to get some done, uh, probably the toughest part of getting everything. Now it's just taking all of that and plugging it into spreadsheets so that I can actually put it into the uh, boring, boring. But the weather's getting nicer. Um, still going out for for walks. Uh, you know, not every single day, but uh, and some new things have started. Some of it I'll tell you about in next week's episode. Uh, next week's episode has got a lot more to talk about than this one. Let me tell you. Um, but in terms, of, I've even I think I've even squeezed some things that I did beyond that week uh, into this because it just makes more sense to lump them together. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm happy that taxes are underway. They'll be done probably in six months. Uh, <laughs> I still have to print more, some other things off too. Like I've missed a couple things. I'm like, oh yeah, I got to print that off. Cause that I can write off. Um, and I kind of want to get the, what I may owe them out of my fucking account. You know what I mean? I'm sure you guys are the same way. If you feel like you're going to owe money, you're like, let me just get them, get it done so I can get it paid. None of this is funny. It's supposed to be a comedy podcast. It's never funny. It's never funny. Sometimes it's funny. Um, I think I've been taking vitamins on the regular. I think the funniest thing that's been going on with me is I'm, I'm, I'm shocked every time I take a piss because my urine's fluorescent just because of all the vitamins that I'm taking. And <laughs> I think that's the funniest thing that's gone on with me in some time is my fluorescent piss. <laughs> uh, it was funny. I think the, the last time I was scared by my urine was last year, probably around this time when I was doing uh, those shows for, for Hewlett Packard, uh, HP Omen. Uh, and I think I, I think I was surviving off of monster energy drinks for the whole day. Cause we were long 16 hour days and the, the, the ladies next to us were the, the monster energy drink girls. And they just kept giving us free monster all day. And I probably drank. Yeah. I probably drank like four or five of those a day. I was, I was, I was burning jet fuel in my system, poisoning myself to stay awake. And when I peed that night, it was like fluorescent. You know what I mean? Like shut the bathroom light off in my Airbnb and it's glowing out of the bowl. <laughs> so this wasn't as bad, but yeah, weird times. So, uh, yeah, what else? I, uh, I started Seinfeld, uh, right from the original season. So I never liked Seinfeld when it was in, I don't like his comedy. Um, I, I, I generally, after watching comedians in cars, getting coffee, I genuinely don't like him as a person from what I'm seeing, what they're leaving in the show. Cause I remember, I remember. I've always found him to be a little arrogant. I guess that's why I didn't like the show. Like the show was like all these people who were so self-involved. A lot of people are like, oh, that's the show. Well, then I don't like it. I mean, I think they teach you in, in, in story writing that like you have to care about the character or characters to be invested. And 
I didn't give a fuck about any of the characters on set. I mean, obviously I'd catch several episodes. I'm very familiar with the, you know, the, the bet episode where they're all betting each other that they can go the longest without masturbating or something. And you know, the one where George eats the eclair off the garbage and oh, I was in the pool. I was in the pool. Like there's all these episodes. I just, I just, I found all of the characters so obnoxious. I didn't like any of them. Um, I, so I just couldn't get it. But a lot of people are like, oh, that's, that's the charm of the show. I found nothing charming about Seinfeld, but I was like, you know what? There's so many shows. All right. There's so many shows over the years that everybody has loved. And I have, I have caught an episode in the middle of the series and saw a few of the characters and just went, I, I can't stand these people. You know what I mean? And these are like, okay, I'll give you a, a few examples. Um, friends. I hate every character on that show. Uh, Lisa Kudrow's obnoxious, Joey, Matt LeBlanc, whatever. Yeah. Joey, uh, obnoxious David Schwimmer. Uh, go fuck yourself. That's a show. That's the, that's like everyone around the world can't watching the last episode. Cause uh, we don't want to say goodbye to, uh, oh yeah. Like that's a thing, but I'm Joey. Oh, well you're, you're smelly head. Lisa Kudrow. These were the stupidest fucking characters. Sorry. Uh, stupidest fucking show. And I catch little parts. Like how many times is she going to sing that song? Smelly cat. It's not funny. It's not funny. So fucking stupid. I think it's called friends. Cause the people who watch it have none. Um, dumbest show I've ever seen in my life. And now there's a resurgence because it's on Netflix and everyone's walking around wearing friend shirts. Ah, ah, anyways, <laughs> stupidest fucking show. Stupidest fucking show. Uh, I've never seen anything on that show that ever made me smile or laugh or anything like that. But hey, like one of the biggest shows of all time. Um, Seinfeld. I, fuck, I'd take Seinfeld over that any day, any day. But still found it to be ob really obnoxious. Like I said, don't care about the characters. They're all, oh no, I can't believe it. She let you do that, Jerry? And I know. Who does that? I know. Who does that? Just right there? Yeah, I know. Who does that? Oh my God. And the whole show. I mean, I like, so I, <laughs> uh, big bang theory, another one, absolute fucking garbage. Um, and I, I haven't even like given shows like how I met your mother or modern family or any of those even look because they have that same, I feel like they have that same level of, uh, like fandom. So when I see people like gravitating towards a show like that, I'm like, nah, that's, I think that's going to be, that's going to be like those other shows. So, so there's a point where I'm like, I can just feel the, the crowd surrounding a show and go, nope, that's going to be another one of those big bang theories. Big bang theory is the dumbest shit. Okay. So a hot chick hangs out with the most annoying nerds, not just nerds, the most annoying nerds. That chick can't find anyone else to hang out with, but the most annoying nerds on the planet. And I, and Big Bang Theory was on Crave for a while, like the beginning, the, the first few seasons. And I watched a few of them. I remember I was homesick one time and I was like, I'll, I'm going to try to give this show a chance. And I definitely watched some of them, but the the humor, I remember my brother presented uh, Big Bang Theory to me. Like, it's this great show. He's like, oh, they make so many good, really good science jokes. And it's like, it's really smart humor. And here's the thing. I'm, I'm a guy who really loved Frasier. I really liked Frasier because the jokes in Frasier were really witty, really well-crafted. Uh, same with Cheers, the same creators of Cheers. Obviously, Frasier's a spinoff of Cheers, but like the jokes. So a lot of people go, well, Frasier's about psychiatrists, so obviously. No, it's it's the same group that did Cheers, and Cheers was about a bunch of people hanging out in a bar. But the jokes were still really funny, really witty. It wasn't like slapstick stupidity, uh, dumb little fucking... Oh, I'm so annoying. Let's just have all these scenes where I say something and it's awkward and everyone just stares quietly and we just laugh because, oh, isn't that guy weird? Like, I, uh, I I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm way funnier when I'm fucking angry. I try not to be angry because people are like, you just complain. Fuck you. The world gives me things to fucking complain about. It's like, didn't you say that you decided to start watching Seinfeld? Yes. I decided to piss myself off, I guess. I think with, with, with some of this stuff, and some of my frustration, let's let speaking of psychology and psychiatrists, let's put myself under the microscope for this. Maybe part of my anger and my frustration is that there's this big thing that everyone seems to be into and I'm not, and I feel left behind. Perhaps, perhaps that's what it is. Why am I not part of the cool people? Well, cool people's no, uh, <laughs> why am I not part of the group of people that like these things? I don't know. I watched them. I wanted to like them. They're just so fucking bad. So fucking bad. Um, 
there's, I don't know. I, I, I guess it's like watching this is the end that movie. This is the end where there's scenes where James Franco and Danny McBride are like, I'll, I'll come on you. I'll come on these walls. I'll come, I'll come on all of your face. I'll come on your face. I'll come on your, I'll come on these walls. I'll come, I'll come all over. And, and, and everyone in the theater is dying laughing. There's nothing funny or clever or even original. Like everything's dick and cum jokes now. And it, it just wasn't funny. Everyone in the theater dying, laughing. And I'm sitting there like, what the fuck is this? This isn't, and fuck, I, I like to laugh. There's lots of funny out there, but just, it's like the, the, the lowest common denominator now. Like I, yeah, I, uh, I don't get it. I really don't get it. But, uh, so Seinfeld, I started to watch it. I probably got like six or seven episodes in. I tried and I think it got to the conversation where Elaine and Jerry were talking about maybe they could, you know, try try to bang again, start having sex again casually. And they're sitting on the couch like, what what would be wrong with it? What would be wrong with it? Well, we got to set some rules. Of course, we got to have some rules. Well, there's this, there is this, and then there's that. That is a thing. But we couldn't just do, have both of them. No, of course not. We'd have to set some rules. Oh, of course we'd have to set some rules. Like we couldn't just do that and then expect this to be good. That's good. You know, that is good, but this is good too. This is good too. And it's like, oh, like it was like being waterboarded. I don't know. I, 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 I'm fucking fired up over this. Um, please, if you're a Seinfeld fan, Contact at onemanpodcast.com. Send me your email. Tell me what the charm of this show was. Because, and I even remember the last episode. I watched the last episode when it aired. And it was like, you know, all these pings. Like John Panette, great fucking comic. Funny, funny fucking guy. Uh, gets robbed. And then they, you know, they basically, it's the, just a big cameo show. It's just a big cameo where every character comes in and and testifies about why these people are garbage. And then the the their sentence is to be... They're sentenced to just watching somebody get robbed is to, to be in jail for a year. And that's the end of the episode. And everyone's like, well, that's it. That's the whole idea is they were garbage people the whole time. I'm like, yeah, they're garbage people. So why do I care about them? I, I mean, I don't, I don't give a shit. I'm not invest. I'm not invest. Okay. Seinfeld is all just this. It's like a show about nothing. Yeah. I, I get that. But can you have like people that I like, you know, the fact that Seinfeld had so many fucking gorgeous women in his life. It's like, he's so annoying. Oh, I got Dolores. I, I, I saw, I saw a lot of Seinfeld at no point did I ever enjoy an episode at no point did I ever enjoy an episode. And I feel, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't get it. I I'd love to know what the allure was from anybody else. Cause some people go, oh, it's a show, but nothing. Yeah. Well aware. It's a show, but I've actually seen a couple episodes of curb your enthusiasm and I found it to be the same thing. Only I kind of enjoyed it more. I didn't dislike Larry David's character. It was more like neurotic, but I was like, but it was like him, him, his neurosis, not like four fucking weirdo neurotics altogether. It, you know, it was, you know, and you could be neurotic without being a bad person. And I think that, yeah, whatever, whatever. Um, Seinfeld has a lot of dialogue. And some people write really good dialogue. For example, Quentin Tarantino, even though the guy makes wicked action, he makes wicked violence, all that stuff. The guy can have a 10 minute conversation about tipping or Royale with cheese or all sorts of different things like that. And it's interesting, even though it's just dialogue, it's interesting to listen to dialogue. Uh, Scorsese is another one where you can have a scene where people are just fucking talking and it's just like, wow, like that's, that's interesting to me. Even though there's no, no, they do action, they do violence, all this stuff. There's just a great bunch of dialogue. And then there's dialogue like Seinfeld where the whole show is just talking, but none of what they're saying is appealing. I don't find any of it interesting, whatever. All right. Wow. Did I ever fucking guess hating on Seinfeld? Oh, and I also mentioned that I don't find him funny. Now I get why other people find him funny. And I do find that there's certain levels of uh, cleverness to what he does. I, I don't. I'm not like, why do people like Seinfeld the comic? I, I get that, but it's just not my cup of tea. You know what I mean? Like I, I get why people like Kevin Hart and stuff. I just don't, I don't enjoy his standup. I don't find him super clever. Um, if you watch the documentary comedian, um, you know, I watched, I watched his, his big, I think not his special on Netflix. I think he's got one on Netflix right now. I might want to check that out. But, um, 
I know that he did one called I'm telling you for the last time where like he retired his, like the hour he'd been doing for God knows how long. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, there's just a lot about him. Like you see it in comedian, you kind of see how he is and some of it's like, like he seems okay. And then other times he just seems like a dick. Well, on comedians and cars getting coffee, like he has conversation with other comics. And I remember I was like, he's kind of a dick sometimes. But I remember at one point I was like, wow, I just, I just don't like this guy. And, uh, I think it was when, uh, he was, ch- I can't even remember what comic he was talking about. Somebody asked him, could you be friends with someone who you didn't think was funny? And he said, no, like that's the thing. Like, not just like, oh, they're a nice person and they're not the funniest or whatever. But it's like, he's like, yes, just, could you be friends with someone who you don't think is funny? He goes, no. So you have to be funny to be able to be friends with Jerry Seinfeld is what he said on camera. And I can only imagine if that's the kind of shit he'll say on camera, I can only imagine what he would say off camera. Now, I don't know the man personally, obviously. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, I, it rubs me the wrong way. Didn't like his show. Don't like his act. And now I kind of don't like his attitude. So, um, but Hey, man's got shit loads of money. Uh, has a, 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 I I've heard like he bought a, a block on, on this could not be true of course, but heard he bought like a block on Manhattan uh, just to like build a parking garage for all of his fucking cars. Um, he's a big car guy like Leno, but, uh, the show comedians, coffee, uh, comedians and cars getting coffee is a good show. Lots of great comics on there. I just, just gives you a peek behind who this guy is. And I think even, um, Pete, uh, Pete Holmes on hot ones had said this, like, like Jerry Seinfeld is so removed from the common man. Like, um, it, it's funny because you got guys like, uh, like John Mulaney who is doing incredibly well. He, uh, he was a voice, uh, he's a voice in, uh, Netflix's big mouth. He was, uh, he voiced, uh, Peter Porker in, uh, into the spider verse. That was John Mulaney. Uh, Mulaney sold out, you know, radio city in New York, like several times, which is crazy money. Uh, very funny comic, uh, you know, doing lots of doing lots of stuff now. Good for him. And John Mulaney, even though he's doing very, very well, uh, it's still, when he does a joke about going to the grocery store or whatever, it's still very believable. In fact, you can actually see an episode of Comedian in Cars, uh, Comedians in Cars uh, getting coffee with uh, John Mulaney. But Mulaney is still believable, you know. Uh, well, I think this is what Pete Holmes said, is he goes, you know, as much as, you know, uh, he, he's saying how, like, you know, John Mulaney will do a joke about, like, you know, uh, you know, can you believe United charges X amount of dollars for an extra bag? And he's like, John, you could buy the plane, but he's still, I guess he's still not super known enough or, or maybe people don't know how well he's doing financially that it's still believable when he talks about going to the grocery store. So he probably still does himself. Whereas Seinfeld, you know, now writing a joke, well, you know, when you're at the supermarket and he's like, this is what Pete Holmes says. He goes, uh, he goes, he goes, it's so not believable that Jerry Seinfeld even does his own grocery shopping anymore. Like when, he, when he gets, uh, he says, Jerry, when you get an SUV, there's another SUV right behind it, just in case the one that you're in has like a weird smell that you don't like or whatever. Like he's so pampered and, and celebrity that there's like, like you can't relate to him being the common man anymore. And, uh, and that's, that's the thing that I just. I just, yeah, he's so above it all. Anyways, anywhere sneakers with fucking suits. I don't get that. Um, <laughs> anyways, all right, I'm moving off of fucking Seinfeld. I tried to like it guys. I really did. I watched six, seven episodes and just thought, ah, maybe it'll build. Maybe I'll give a fuck. Don't give a fuck. So please, please. If you like it right, right in and tell me what you like about it. I, I like to look at it from a fresh set of lens. Like I said, maybe part of my anger is that I feel like not included in this party or whatever. And it's an old party at that right? I'm like a Yugoslavian guy getting fucking Beach Boys tapes. Uh, this music's so fresh and the Beach Boys, eh? California girls. Uh, <laughs> so who knows? Um, I also watched Dragon's Den. Uh, that was the tax day. Uh, I burned through like an entire season, the last season that they posted of Dragon's Den. Um, I like that show for anyone who's listening. It's Shark Tank, but the Canadian version. Uh, in fact, I think that the, I think that Shark Tank is actually the American Dragon's Den. I believe Dragon's Den was first, but who knows? Uh, a, a simple Google. You know what? Let's find out right now. Why not? Because we have, uh, you retain everything with chapter select. Ah, do, 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 do. Pulled up my phone, saw a text message. Alrighty. Um, 
What came first, Dragon's Den or Shark Tank? Shark Tank is produced by Mark Burnett and based on the format Dragon's Den, which originally originated in 2001 with the Japanese show Tigers of Money. Oh, okay. So it was a Japanese show. And that's probably why they went with dragons because they're racist. Shark Tank, however, uh, more closely resembles the format of the British version of Dragon's Den, which premiered in 2005. Okay. So either way, the Dragon's Den was on in Canada prior to Shark Tank in the U.S. Um so anyways, it's a cool show. If you're not familiar with it at all, that would really surprise me. But uh, Dragon's Den, why am I yawning? It's two in the afternoon. Um, Dragon's Den is a show where people come on, they pitch their ideas for their business. And it's not like, hey, I don't have a business, I want to start a business for, for me. It's, you know, they've gone through the trouble, hopefully, uh, to, to you know, create a business and a brand and, and start to build it up. And then they offer, of course, you know, hey, I'm willing to give you this much percentage of my company for this much percentage uh, of equity or for this much money, sorry. And um, yeah, and then they talk to, you know, uh, successful entrepreneurs in Canada and, and pitch the idea to them. Uh, sorry, pitch the business, not the idea. Stop yawning. Um, so yeah, uh, it's a, it's a good show. I uh, I enjoy watching. It's really cool to see kind of like what is what ideas are out there and and a lot of the new companies with the you know social responsibility and environmental consciousness and trying to solve current problems with their businesses. You know what I mean? Create a create a brand and just try to try to create financial freedom for themselves. Um, it's it's very interesting. Like some of the ideas I see, you know, that they buy into. I'm like, really that. And then some of them that they don't buy into, I'm like, wow, that actually seemed like it had legs, but it's interesting. You learn a lot about business that way. And somebody who's self-employed, even though I'm just selling dick jokes, um, it's kind of interesting to hear some of the advice and stuff like that, that these, uh, these entrepreneurs give. And I've actually been fortunate enough, um, doing the things I do. I've actually, uh, I've, I've met and, and chat with, uh, Michelle Romano from, uh, you know, Dragon's Den and from, from ClearBank, uh, one of her big companies, um, yeah, Michelle was really cool. She was doing a talk and I was, uh, I was actually just doing some promo at the event and, uh, and her and I got to chat for a few minutes afterwards and she asked me how to be funny because she was doing her presentation and she had some funny little lines or whatever, but I feel like they're stock lines. And so she was asking me, she's like, oh, how do you be funny? And I was, I gave her some tips and then, and then we've corresponded a couple little times since. So you know what I mean? Like in my line of work, sometimes you just happen to know some celebrities. Um, <laughs> And then my buddy, Jeff McKay, who's, you know, close I've done an episode of the podcast with him. Jeff and I work together all the time. He's friends with, uh, he did a tour, uh, overseas with, uh, with Arlene Dickinson. Um, so he too has got some friends there. Hmm. When you're a celebrity, you know, you got, uh, you got people in your circles there, but, uh, no, I, I enjoy watching the show. Um, it's cool to see. It's cool to see what, what businesses and what ideas people are coming up with. So, um, burn through that. I watched, uh, I am not your guru, which I would definitely suggest to a lot of people to check out. Um, there's inspirational things in it. I'm not your guru is a documentary about Tony Robbins and his date with destiny. Um, he talks a lot about himself too, like what, uh, why he got into the things that he does and why things are good. Um, really, really cool dude. I've been listening to like, it's not habitually, but I've listened over the years you know, come and gone from things that Tony Robbins has taught, you know, CDs and books and things like that. And I've listened to a lot of talks that he's had with, with really prominent people in the world. Uh, Deepak Chopra, John Gray, a lot of really big, big names and other and people I didn't know. Um, but just really good conversations about things. And, um, so I, I like what he says. He, I'm not in the position where I'm like, oh, I like Tony Robbins. So everything he says is true. I'm, I'm big on when it comes to advice and things like take what makes sense to you and disregard the rest. But, um, it was the, uh, the guy who did the documentary, it's called, I am not your guru. I, I am not your guru because a lot of people look at him like, oh, he's just this guru. He's like, I'm not your guru. I'm here for this, that, whatever. He really does enjoy helping people. And you can, you get that just from watching this. Um, uh, it'd be really hard to fake at that level, but he, but he does seem to enjoy, uh, I mean, obviously he's done it for years and he's worked with some of the biggest people in the world. He's worked with mother Teresa and, uh, Bill Clinton and, and all sorts of other, you know, the, the list is in the movie. The guy who did the documentary is the same guy who did Metallica's some kind of monster. Um, so it's, it's a guy who's, who's done some big, you know, performance type documentaries and things like that. And it's very interesting to watch. So it's the first time Tony Robbins has ever let somebody document and record his entire date with destiny, um, seminar, 
uh, which is like a six day, five or six day thing. Um, but check it out. It's called, I'm not your guru. It's on Netflix. It's really, really interesting. And, and I don't think you can watch that documentary without feeling some sort of inspirational, uh, inspirational, some sort of inspirational personal or, or otherwise, um, that's where inspirational came from is uh, personal and inspiration. Check it out. Um, I definitely like it. And then I watched the series. I did not, uh, thoroughly enjoy. It was, it actually did better for me, uh, having on in the background for taxes than dragons dead did. Cause dragons Dead I just ended up watching, you know what I mean? As opposed to getting my shit done, but there's a new thing on uh, Netflix relatively new anyways, called history one Oh one. And they went through a lot of different subjects. So it's like, I think they're about 40 minutes each, uh, but they do one on like plastic and then they do one on feminism and they do one on robots. They do one on fast food. Um, and what I, I did enjoy it. The only thing is that I do tend to watch a reasonable amount of documentaries. So when it came to like the fast food stuff, um, if you watch like rotten rotten, I said was great. And I plugged that a while back, uh, rotten, dives deeper because it goes into a bunch of different areas of the food industry, not just fast food, but a lot of different areas of the food industry tells you a lot more, gives you a lot more information. Um, despite the fact that I get it, it's like one episode on it. I just, um, I felt like it was a really broad strokes thing. And some people like, Oh, well, that's great. It's like, yeah, but then, but you have somebody who watches that and goes, Oh, I don't need to watch a documentary on, on this. Cause I already watched this one over here. And it's like, no, you got, you might, you might get like a few, Oh wow. Like, I don't I don't even think you're going to get any watershed moments from, from those. Whereas, uh, in rotten, you get a lot of them in, in broken, you get a, things on plastics and stuff like that in, uh, there's, but there's also lots of other documentaries, like full documentaries on one subject that delves deeper. Like the feminism one got real broad strokes. And while there was still a few things in it that I didn't know, like, I'm not saying don't watch stuff. If you want to learn a bunch about a bunch of different subjects. Yeah. Hit, hit up history one Oh one. It's not bad. It's just basic. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot more, if you're interested in any of these subjects, you can, and there's, there's more subjects too. I just named a few that came off the top of my head, but, um, I feel like you're, you're set to learn a lot more by actually looking for a good documentary on, on the subject versus just watching these things, broad strokes. Um, but Hey, I'm, I'm just glad that, you know, we're in an age now and maybe we always were, but I just wasn't interested. I just, I feel like there's more documentaries now than anything. And I really like watching documentaries. I like learning. So there's that. Okay. Moving on. The last of us. I played the last of us and I played it on survivor mode. Um, so for anybody, uh, this is the video game portion of the show, even though I talked, did I talk about video games yet? No, I did not. So a video game portion of the show. So, uh, if, if, if it's uh pulling teeth, listening to me talk about video games, I will allow you to check out right now. Thank you so much for listening to the one man podcast this week. And I'll see you next week. Um, and for those of you just enjoying some content, uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go a little nerdy here about the last of us. And I'm probably, and I bring definitely bringing in some elements from, uh, from this current week, but, uh, I'm just going to talk about it. So. The Last of Us, a game that came out uh, 2012, 2013. It's been out for a while now. Yeah, previous generation game. So it came out on the PS3. Um, and it is a PlayStation exclusive. So if you have an Xbox, sorry, but no Last of Us for you. Um, the Last of Us is a, um, I guess it's a survival. I don't want to say it's a survival horror, but it's definitely a um it's an action game with the, with an element of zombies in it. Um, but the last of us is kind of a, a, a cool game. I may have already given you some broad strokes before. Um, and I'll try to keep them short, but a uh, pretty cool game where, uh, you play as a character named Joel and early, like the very beginning of the game, you see kind of what Joel's life is like. He's basically like anybody else, regular dude, blue collar, seemingly, uh, one of the first things, you know, you hear is him on the phone, like walking in the front door on the phone saying, Oh, I really need this job. And, you know, Hey, if you could put in a good word for me, like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And his, uh, his daughter's there waiting up for him on his birthday. The mother's, you know, you don't, you don't really know what the, what the mother's story is. It's just, it's just Joel and his daughter, Sarah. Well, um, you know, he comes home, she presents him with his birthday gift and, you know, that's it. You know, they pass out on the couch, wakes up. And then she wakes up later that evening to, you know, Hey, where's dad? And, and kind of things are going all over the place. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's, I, I don't really, yeah, it's actually, they never really address that because she goes to sleep. I think it's like close to midnight. She goes to sleep and then wakes up in the middle of the night and, uh, and then, and she can't find her dad, Joel. Anyways, it's, it's a scene at the very beginning of the game where 
you see how quickly the world kind of falls apart into, you know, uh, just the zombies. It's the beginning. It's the, it's the fear of the walking dead, uh, you know, what's going on? You know, the, the, the neighbor comes running into the house and Joel's got to shoot him. And it's like, well, was he sick? Like what's, you know, that whole, that whole zombie thing where nobody really knows what's going on. And, um, the, the Joel's brother shows up at the house. They all get in the car they try to take off. And there's this really cool, very sort of cinematic scene of like, you know, them trying to get out of town. You play from the little girl's perspective, kind of like moving around the back seat, looking out the different windows and you kind of see everything that's going on around you. You know, when you try to get into the, you know, you start to get into the city, can't get out of the city, you know, you, the, the insanity, your car gets smashed. You got to get out and go on foot, but the little girls hurt. So you got a carrier and you're kind of running through the streets while zombies are chasing you and other people are panicked and whatever. And you finally get to the outskirts of the city and some soldier stops you and you can hear kind of on his thing that he's being given an order to just, just, just kill you guys because, um, and you know, the, the, the scene plays out, you survive. However, your, your little girl, your daughter gets shot in the process and dies. And then it's, you know, 20 years later after the disease has kind of taken over and there's these little pockets of humanity, you know, and that's where the, the real game of the last of us starts. And, uh, it's, it's a cool game. It's nothing groundbreaking. It's, it's the story, you know. Basically, you start off your Joel and there's this woman with you, Tess. Obviously, she's a friend or whatever. Um, you're trying to get some weapons back that were stolen from you. You don't even know why they were stolen. Just, just she tells you that the weapons you were after were stolen. So you got to go find this guy. And very quickly into the game, you're confronted by this uh, leader of a, of a rebellious organization. And she tells you she'll get you your guns back or whatever, but you got to, you got to, you got to smuggle something for her. And that thing ends up being a, a, a kid named Ellie and Ellie has been uh, bit yet. She was bit and she hasn't turned, you know, most people turn within 24 hours and she was bit three weeks ago. And so they, they believe that she has the cure you know, she has the, the, the key to a cure for this disease that's turning people into zombies and stuff. Um, the game plays out, you know, you, you're just reluctantly going along with it. You just want your guns and then you lose somebody, you know, important to you. And they say, well, I'm not dying for nothing. So you got to take her to the people that can, that can make a cure out of her or whatever. And Joel doesn't really want to to do this you can tell he's still holding on to the scars from his dead daughter now he's got this other little girl with her that he's got to protect and he doesn't want to you can see him very guarded off and walled in and everything like that and uh and you know over the course of the game he starts warming up to her and then you know and you're also like you're running from from rival human being groups you're running from zombies you're attacking zombies you're you're try to go through it with stealth or guns a blazing and you run into other survivors that come and go from the storyline over the course of the game. And it's just, it's a, it's a good story. It's not one that's never been told before, right? It's, it's, you know, uh, uh one big long escort mission where you got to protect this, this, this little girl or whatever, 14, I think. And, uh, and you know, you see the progression of the story where Joel very slowly starts to like, I guess, transpose his daughter onto Ellie. So like at the point where he finally decides like he cares about her and, you know, then there's a, there's a lot that happens. Um, the idea is over time, you know, he starts to really care about her and, and, and wants to protect her and whatnot. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to give away too much, but, but, but the ending is like a big, uh, I don't want to say it's very controversial. It, it, it is to, to an extent, but the idea is, uh, without ruining too much, but I mean, it's also fucking a seven, eight year old game. Um, but the idea is, and you can watch, honestly, guys, I would say too, if you're not gamers, um, you could probably throw on a 10 minute YouTube video and, and get to see the whole story of the last of us really cool, really well done. Um, and the reason I, I sort of tried to burn through it. I'm a big completionist. I like getting all the trophies in a game. Um, at the end of the game, Joel basically makes a choice that's selfish. It's for him. It's not, it's like, you know. The, he, he, does, he chooses against the greater good and even against what Ellie's wishes would be ultimately, uh, for himself. And that's kind of like a big, like, wow. Um, and the reason I've been burning through it is because, uh, this, oh, sorry, sorry. Next week, <laughs> it's this week for me now, but according to this chronologically next week, 
uh, the last of us part two comes out and I guess we get to learn more of, of the story and this and that. So, uh, big controversies on that too, but I don't know enough about it to speak intelligently about it. Um, so I won't, but, uh, last of us part two comes out. I finished the game, um, on all of its modes, survivor, everything like that to, you know, playing very, very difficult to the point where like a lot of the features of the games are disabled to make it more and more difficult for you. Very hard, but I managed to do that. Um, I had to do the online as well to get the trophies. Um, and online was a fucking nightmare. I won't even get into it, but let me tell you, I was screaming at the internet at some, at uh, some points uh, it was, uh, it was a tough one. It was a tough one. So, um, managed to do that. It was a lot of grinding, a lot of grinding, just a lot of this and that, whatever, but I made through it, got the platinum trophy all done, tap dust, dust my hands off. It's in the books. And, uh, and I have since pre-ordered the last of us part two. So it is now downloaded on my console and ready for, uh, for ready for the play. I will be for the playing it tomorrow. Uh, sorry. Uh, next week on the Thursday night. Uh, yes. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to, it. I had to finish the online stuff too prior to next week because I was under the impression that like, there's, I mean, there's people still playing this game seven, eight years after it came out online. And so the whole idea is. I'm like, you know what, if I want to get these online trophies, yeah, right now there's a lot of people playing, but, uh, the second that new one comes out and I played games like this before where I waited too long to, to play them is the second, the next game comes out every, well, uh, the lion's share of the people playing the old one now shift over to the new game and it's harder to find matches and harder to find people to play with because a lot less people are playing it. So you just, you tend to find that that's the the case with, uh, with a lot of games. So I wanted to make sure that that didn't happen with the last of us. I was able to complete it and I did big deal. Uh, <laughs> not really. Um, so yeah. Um, and that's, that's it guys, please send me your emails, uh, contact at one man podcast.com. What games, what games are you playing? What shows are you watching? What's a uh, thing? Uh, but boom, sorry, getting messages. Um, yeah, let me know what you're playing, what you're watching. Are there any things that you're trying to get into that are old? I mean, I'm playing an eight year, I was playing an eight year old game. Um, I'm, I'm just watching fuck up what a 15, 20 year old show with Seinfeld. Um, you know, I'm trying to get into stuff. I'm thinking about reading the, uh, you know, <laughs> catcher in the ride. No, I'm kidding. I want to read old books too. Mm-mm-mm. Sipping on a black bourbon that I got in the States last year. Um, okay. So like I said, contact the one man podcast.com, send me some emails, tell me, talk about whatever you want to talk about and I will read it. You guys know me. And speaking of emails, uh, we got our sourced in book, uh, Mika, my good buddy, uh, got the, uh, the, uh, woodworking complete step-by-step manual, um, a few weeks back. And he has since, uh, read it and has sent us in, uh, his thoughts, his review on the podcast, uh, sorry, on the book itself to the podcast. Why can't I find, here we go. There we go. Uh, should have been one of the recent ones, but I was having a hard time finding it. Okay. Uh, complete step-by-step guide. Hey, Josh, just sitting in my virtually empty office, getting some work done, and I'm reminded to write you a review of the woodworking book by DK. Naturally, I procrastinated in even starting the review email, and more naturally, I'm willing to disrupt my workday to write the review. Well, thank you for doing that. Uh, I wanted to start this email with an explanation of my approach on acquiring woodworking knowledge. <coughs> Excuse me. Basically, I was given some key tools vital in the early stages of any shop, table saw, plunge router, large compressor, and some key hand tools. In acquiring them, I would research them, learning how to properly use them and understand their capabilities. With the right jigs and blades, you would be amazed what you can do with a table saw. The reason I wanted to explain my approach is because the book is much more all-encompassing. It gives you proper technique of the right tool for the job, as well as in conjunction with other tools to complete jobs in a manner which create the best product. Uh, The beginning of the book takes the time to establish key tools and equipment, their maintenance, care, proper use, etc. As monotonous as that sounds, there is nothing worse than going to use a tool and finding rusty parts or a dull blade. Further, the tools explained in the book Sorry, uh, the, the tools explained in the beginning of the book are the tools that will be needed or best used for projects outlined in the back of the book. Finally, the tools listed are key for any woodworking shop, especially the beginners uh, and are mostly, sorry, especially the beginners and are mostly hand tools. I found all of this appealing because I consider myself a beginner and I don't like to unnecessarily throw things out or spend money. 
Uh, after tools, DK provides detailed chapters uh, on joinery uh, and finishing oils, wax, varnish, etc., uh, which you will later need to apply in the projects outlined in the back of the book. A good understanding of joinery and finishing is absolutely needed for any woodcraft, not just to mention, sorry, not to mention a clear and concise explanation of their uses, which is provided in this book. Finally, DK provides an extensive list of soft and hardwoods, their pros, cons, recommended uses, and ways to get the best finish, i.e. best coating, etc. Uh, the last half of the book is dedicated to projects anyone might use sorry, anyone might need for their house, including coffee tables, clothing racks, dressers, and even a good shop table. The projects include a photo of various stages, methods of joinery, tips on typically tricky aspects of the project, and so on. The nice thing about this book is that anyone can sympathize with, uh, sorry, the nice thing about this book that anyone can sympathize with is having a space in your home, knowing what piece of furniture you want for that space, but not being able to find something affordable, which is pre-made. Once the critical projects around the house begin to subside, I could definitely see myself using the book to create some furniture. Thanks very much for the book. Uh, Keep up the good work on the pod. We look forward to seeing you again for a fire cigar and some whiskey. Yeah, me too, buddy. Uh, Thank you so much for sending that in. Thank you so much. I I hope you do enjoy the book um, or or are able to make use of it. Of course, I know that anything that you do with it, you'll send me pictures and I'll be able to see firsthand. Uh, I was in, uh, I told you guys a while back, I went over for some, some drinks and a fire and Mika took me into his shop and showed me some of the wood uh, projects that he was working on. They look absolutely gorgeous. Um, I'd love to get some of the stuff kind of, some of the ideas of the things that he's working on. I'd love to get some just for my whiskey shelves, uh, to places backing because it looks really rustic and, and rustic and cool. You know, it looks rustic and cool. So, uh, I was, I was particularly jazzed just that it looked, uh, looked pretty fucking awesome. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, thank you Meeks for the review. Appreciate it, my friend. And, uh, and that's, that's what I got for you guys this week. Uh, episode longer than I thought it was going to be. And, uh, you know, who knows? All I had to do was hate Seinfeld for, uh, for, you know, 15 minutes and, and it gave me some content. So, um, hope you guys are well. Uh, still loving the, the random calls and text message and, and things I'm getting from friends, people checking in, uh, you know, touching base and whatnot. Uh, I'm enjoying calling you guys and seeing how you're doing. Uh, it's great. Absolutely great. Um, even my buddy, I'm going to drop this in right at the end that I wasn't thinking of. I, I spoke to my buddy, uh, Cam in, uh, in the St. Catharines area and, uh, and he, he'd reached out to me because, uh, him and the lady were, were kind of getting tired of the, not much to do. And they wanted to get some things back to basics, you know, just maybe sit down at the table, play some card games or some board games. So he reached out and was like, what are, what are some games that work? Cause he's aware that I'm a big nerd for board games too, or at least was now that there's nobody to, to play with because of COVID makes, uh, makes things more difficult. But, uh, don't you have roommates? Yeah, but they're never here. Uh, you guys know that the responsible roommates who are out, out living the dream. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's it. That's it gang. Um, I was, uh, I, I was happy to chat with Cam about that and I kind of curated him a little list of some shit, uh, which reminds me, I'm probably going to bother him, uh, between podcasts and see how he's doing. So yeah, I hope you guys have a great day. Uh, I will chat with you again very soon.
What's up?